On this week's episode, Carolina Perez places her story in the time capsule. You are now tuned in to the Story Time Capsule. My name is Carolina, and but I've always gone more for Caro. I like Caro. I like the fact that it sounds manly and female at the same time. And I grew up in a wonderful town with amazing community uh, called Atotonilco, El Alto, Jalisco. And since I was little, I always felt that I was going to go somewhere else. I always felt that I needed to memorize and remember all the people around me, the spaces, the streets, the smells, because I knew that it was beautiful and I loved it and it fed my heart and soul. But I knew that I wasn't going to be there all the time. And I wanted to go and live in the United States. I wanted to see more people, wear brand new shoes, um, just have choices. I wanted to work hard and buy anything I wanted and go find adventures, go find new people, um, even though I loved, loved where I was. I knew I was in the kind of person that wanted to stay still. Um, and then for a couple of years, I dreamt about coming to the United States. And that didn't happen until one day, all of a sudden, we needed to leave everything that we own, everything, my life for 16 years. Just try to put whatever you can in one room. Hopefully, sure, everybody tells you, you'll be back soon. You'll be back next year. And you pack everything and then you decide what you can take in a bag. How can I put 16 years of my life in a bag and go across to a place unknown that you don't even know where you're going to go, where you're going to sleep, how you're going to feed your kids. Me, I was a teenager, 16 years old, rebel, just looking for stories and adventures, just growing. But now my mother, my mother had five more kids. And she just decided to go where she could go and work and, and feed us and take care of us instead of kind of taking little by little from my grandma. Because even my grandma didn't want us to come because she thought it was going to be dangerous. But my mom begged her to just help us with a big chunk of money so we can come over instead of kind of nickel diamond and just taking little by little. So one Friday, my mom said, okay, we got to go. This is it. Let's go. And we took our first flight to Tijuana. I was very excited flying finally. And 
there's something that happens when you are about to cross that they tell you, sure, it's going to be very easy. You're going to go through the line. It's going to be a couple hours and you're done. But once you are, let's say, in Tijuana or Mexicali or whatever border city, the whole scenario changes. Then everything becomes unknown. All the promises that they tell you, oh, yeah, it's going to be easy, no, no issue. It's a, it's, they pretty much just want you to get there. And once you get there, they, oh, just give me all your luggage or give me everything. You're going to receive everything once you're on the other side. My mom had a couple conversations with some of my cousins that been here for long, 20 years. They were kind of like the first ones that settled in California for us or our clan. And they kept very close uh, attention to my mom and, and said, oh, no, auntie, no. Tell me exactly what hotel you are. We're going to go and pick up all of your luggage because they're not going to give you anything once you're across, of course. So my mom was like, okay, come over. My cousin came over. He took all of our luggages and they're like, and he said, give me the money too, because uh, once you cross, I'm going to come over and pick you guys up and then I'll make the payment. Don't tell them that you have any money. And my mom's like, okay, perfect. But we still had hidden money in, in like, I remember I had this blouse. So my mom, very crafty, made a little pouch so I could have money on my shoulders just in case. And um, one night they just start changing everything because my mom said, okay, we've been here a couple of days. I'm running out of money for the hotel. What's going on? And they're like, okay, senora, no problem. We're going to do this. So then we get out of the hotel. We get out of the space that we felt okay. And then the adventure started because we ended up going to kind of their places where they operate. And it was this really not in good state houses that... It was just kind of like, just like a sitting and stop and wait. And of course, I was just like, the adventure is coming. Everything is happening. And one night they told us, okay, we're going to go to downtown Tijuana because we need to get a taxi that is willing to leave us kind of close to the border so we can start walking. And of course, we're like, we're by the line or what do you mean walking I thought we're just gonna it was gonna be a smooth you know what things have changed it's getting difficult so we're like oh 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 okay no problem and then we're walking in downtown Tijuana and the one of the guys told us okay separate we don't want to see a big crowd separate because then all the police over there they're gonna start questioning was this big crowd which I thought that was kind of weird because I was like wait I'm in Mexico what do you mean people cannot just gather okay whatever uh and we start walking downtown uh downtown and one of the guys asked taxi cabs to if they could take us 
And some of them just didn't want it to even deal with it. They're like, no, 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 no. And then there was a brave taxi driver. He was like, okay, what's the deal? Hey, we just want to go, you know, over there. Everything is kind of like inside, like over there. No one says this, which is like, woohoo, this is getting excited. <laughs> it's finally happening. And we go, we all go in the taxi. And then the guy's like, okay, so where do you want me to drop you guys off? And, or Coyote, I'm going to call Coyote. He's like, okay, you're going to, just drop us off right there in the bridge, right before the airport, right before the airport. The taxi driver is like, okay, but you guys have to be very quick, okay? Just pay me right now because I don't want to deal with that money thing at the end. No problem. And then he's uh, he's driving. He stopped at the, at the bridge and he was like, go. Everybody follow me. Try to not make that much noise. So it was like, dun, 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 dun. it's happening. So we jump out of the taxi and we go under a tunnel. And, you know, I feel my heart beating. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. And then we're waiting kind of there, just kind of even like our heartbeats to kind of like chill. And then we walk to the wall. And it was at night there, it was lit. And I remember looking at it so kind of tall. And then I look back and I saw Mexico, my last thing of Mexico. And just thinking, oh, this is it, I'm leaving. Okay, I'm just gonna, this is it. And then you, you see the fence look so mighty, so strong. And all of a sudden, my, the guy that crosses just like picks up a little sheet of metal. He's like, there. I was like, oh, really? That's it? <laughs> okay. So then we go on there. And one by one, we start going. And I remember I was kind of the last ones because I'm more like, oh, attached. I just like, this is it. I want to savor it. I want to savor my last time in this land, even though it's, it's an inch, it's a couple feet of space. So then I go, and then there was, it was so dark. It was kind of like a, even like a, like a ceremonial thing, just to a, a dark space. And then I'm like, wow, that's it, we made it. You know, as a kid, I'm like, oh, we made it, we're here. Now what? And as soon as my eyes got, you know, adjust to the darkness, I remember like seeing a line of cigarette lights. There were hundreds of people just waiting, just waiting. I could see the line of the, the cigarettes. I was like, wow, this looks like like some kind of avatar scenario just everybody was there still sitting just hoping with the dreams with the the goodbyes the that kind of moment like i just had like this is it you just once you cross you're no one you're a question you're 
a dream, a hope, just by going across of a piece of sheet of metal. Then there was the 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 my travel agents. I that's how I call them in my in in my monologues. My travel agents. Discussing which route they're gonna take, which way will be better, considering my mom's age and considering that there was like all of us. And um, they just start, okay, we're gonna go this way. So we're like walking, walking, and I'm just like, okay, so uh, are we almost there? No, muchacha, no, girl, we still have hours to go. I was like, wait, what? this is crazy <laughs> I thought we're gonna be right there oh this is getting interesting and I we walk and walk and walk and at one point the guys are okay everybody to the floor to the floor there's an there's a there's the la migra there's la migra and me, as a curious person, I was like, oh, my God, where, where, where? I want to see them. I want to see them. And the guy was so upset with me. He would be like, girl, please just put your head down. Don't move and anything. But my curiosity was like, no, I really want to see them because I have heard so much about them. Are they really scary? And the guy kind of like goes kind of like army style on the floor to me. And he's like, please, just just put your head down. Don't move. We're going to get caught. I was like, oh, man, I guess this is serious again. Okay. And we start walking again. And there will be places that you kind of like dry rivers. We will sit there and just I remember just looking at the sky and the most beautiful scenarios I saw, the the the, the darkness, the kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say purifying land, but I just feel like it's a land that has so many pain, so many sorrows, so many hopes that it's kind of like a limbo. It's kind of like energetic space that, again, it can be purifying. It can make you trigger or it can really kind of hold you and make you feel like, what am I doing? And it's just, you, you know, like, it's like humans are the only kind of animal in this world that gets punished for migrating. And it's just like what, what it does mentally to you. In my mind, I was like, hey, once we get to the car or whatever we're going, everything's going to be fine. My mom had different scares. And it's just, I feel like it's a space that I really stay aware of it. I saw the night, I saw the date, I saw the animals, I saw the trees, I saw the stars. It was fascinating. Like I, me, when I tell my story now, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you can go to America, you can go to the United States, but not that many people cross it. And when you cross it, is the steps taste 
different. So we keep going, walking, and I remember the my travel agents, they're like, Akim, I'm tired. We're going to take a nap. And I was like, okay, uh, where? <laughs> they're like, here, I, can, I think this sounds good. So they just laid down, pass out. They were like in a five-star hotel, just resting and chilling. And I keep looking at my mom. Mom, can you believe that? They just laid down and so comfortable. And I admired that. I was like, how many times they have done this? That, you know what? This looks like a good space to take a nap. And I remember like my mom sit down and she was like, okay, let's just kind of huddle together. Let's cuddle together because it was a little bit cold. It was in the middle of the dark, um, in the night, in a space, who knows where. And we're just kind of, my mom, I remember she was praying. Me, I was just still like wandering and looking at the guy so comfortable sleeping and, and kind of feeling jealous. Like, oh, I wish I could take a nap like that right now. And my brother, my older brother, Rafa, he was very stressed. He was very stressed. I think that he was more into the aware side. And I remember that he had a, a saint in the hand and he just hold it, hold it, hold it so tight all the way, all the hours. And me, I was just thinking a lot about what I left, thinking that I was about to graduate. I was studying and everything and my friends and you know teenagers years you're starting to to make all of these connections and I didn't even kiss a boy yet you know <laughs> and just where was I going and also thinking about my my young years about I dreamt about this I asked for this now this is part of it and I remember looking at uh, uh, to the side and then I saw a skunk going by. And I was like, mom, there's a skunk. I was like, I mija. <laughs> I was like even fascinated by it. I'm like, look at that. I've never been so close to that. So I feel like that's one of those things that excitement is like my tool for everything. Like, look at that. It's like, you, you don't even get that close in the suit to watch one of those. And the day came up, the sun bright up, the, the scenario. And then I was like, oh, wow, okay. This is where we are now. And then there was all kinds of helicopters. Helicopters all over. And my brother was very scared. He will be running from one bush to the other, kind of hiding from the helicopters. And I was like, oh, my gosh, should I, should I hide like that, too? And I look at my travel agents and I was like, no, they're chilling, walking. 
they're not hiding from the helicopters. I don't think I'm not going to be hiding. And I was just looking at my brother and feeling like, oh, my brother, he's so stressed. God, give him serenity. He's so stressed. And he was. And we kept walking. We went a couple little mountains. And um, once... We're, we're almost there. I could see the city. And then there was like a dry creek. And uh, the guys are like, okay, we're almost there, guys. We made it. We're almost there. So then we go into the dry creek. And then there was a couple, there was a tree. And I remember that I sit next to it. And then all uh, my brothers and my mom sit next to me. So we were all kind of in a branch. And one of the guys was sitting on top of the creek. And all of a sudden he rolled himself in and he's like, they're there. La Migra is right there. Don't move. Don't make any noise. And I was like, oh, my God, is this really going to happen? We're about to just wait for the car. We're waiting for the car. And then we all cuddle together. And then the trees start moving. The trees start moving. And the guy's like, please, muchacha, don't move again. Like they were like right on me, like making sure that I didn't. Please don't move. The tree is moving. And all of a sudden we started praying. We just started praying all together. And I, I, think that this was a miracle or something but the 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 immigration guy turned and walk away he turned and walk away if he would have walked like three four more feet he would have seen us and it's like wow the power of prayer we made it maybe he felt oh they're there there's not that many i don't know those are the things that I will never figure it out. Then we hear the truck, the, their truck leaves. And one of them comes up of the dry creek and look around. And he's like, OK, he's gone. We need to run as fast as we can. As soon as we hear a hunk from the car, they had their symbols. They had their ways. And we hear the hunk. and. We're like, okay, let's go. Let's run. We run. We run. My mom was telling us, go, my kids, please run. Just run. And I remember I was like one of the first ones. But then I just felt, oh, no, my mommy, my mommy, I have to go get my mommy. And then I will run back to her. Come on, mommy. Come on. Come on. Uh, and the, the triple agents ended up holding my mom from each hand from each arm to just kind of pick her up go 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 lady go lady and we finally made it to the car wow this is it and i remember it was a monte carlo it was a blue monte carlo we got to the house where our all our younger brothers were there because my mom had to that was, I think, one of the hardest things, too, I think, because 
we were, it was going to be my mom, myself, my sister, and my brother. We were going to walk across. And I had two younger brothers that they were, uh, they came in through the line. And my mom needed to do that. And even like right now, she thinks like me, that's one of the dumbest thing I've ever done. Because who was going to guarantee me that I was going to get my kids back? And I feel like even until now, that's one of something that is really heavy on my mom. That, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did that. I cannot believe I handed my kids to someone else. What if I don't see them again? I mean, you hear so much of that now. But I, I you know, it's, it's so easy for people to judge and say, how can you? do that but it's like you don't know the pain that people have had and and again that's not even an easy subject because even my mom she has like nightmares of that like I cannot believe I handed my kids to someone else and they were fine like I said like we got so many reference from these people to to do this transaction but it, it was it, it was very difficult. It was very difficult because I, I saw my mom handing my brother and my and, and my two brothers to to a lady that was kind of in charge of the whole operation. And she was like, no, no, senora, everything's going to be fine. They're going to be together. I'm just going to cross them so they don't because so it can be faster for you guys to go through the line or something can happen. And that's really hard. It's really even hard to, for me even to say it because people are so, so easy to, to judge and how can that mother do that? And it's like, yeah, what can push a mother to, to bring five kids to a place that you hear so much like, and again, it's, it's just messages in politics and everything because I cannot believe that this story I'm telling you happened when I was 16. I'm 45. I still don't have my, my papers. You know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that I can say, I came here when I was 16. I have lived here 29 years without feeling complete, without feeling I, I matter, or like they say, living under the shadows. No one wakes up and say, you know what? I can't wait to go to a place that I can be discriminated. No one. just it's just the story it's just it's just it is what it is but it's hard it's, it's like some people say why don't they wait in line I've been waiting in line forever <laughs> and there's no easy answer you know I, I I do believe that like this the immigration system is broken or is not broken and it just works perfectly because 
you have millions of people on uh, on an, on their nerves because you know sick people creates a lot of business in this country. That's what I have learned. You know, it's like you want a, a sick community because then you make so much profit out of them. And this is what I don't understand is like, I don't want anything free. I don't want anything free. I have worked hard, like so many people I know. And it's just not me. I have more, I have cousins, I have friends. It's like, even coming here and going to high school and hanging out with my friends, let's say my ESL students, you know, because as soon as you're here, they put you in a box. You're an ESL student. And then I hang out with amazing people. I feel like one of my best friends was from Korea. We didn't speak English. I didn't speak Korean. She didn't speak Spanish. But one thing that got us together was a song. Because she will ask me, Caro, do you know Luis Miguel? And I'll be, oh, my God, Gina, what? Do you know Luis Miguel? I was so in shock. I feel like that was the, the proof for me that the world is so small. And music, music really unites. I was like, Gina, Luis Miguel? Yeah, yeah, Luis Miguel. I was like, am I listening right? Am I confused? And then... She's like, you know that song, No Se Tu, Pero Yo, No Dejo De Pensar. And I was like, Gina, you, oh, you're my sister. You know Luis Miguel in Korea? Wow. I was like, mom, I think Luis Miguel is really cool then because they do listen to him in Korea. And that was what united us. Our, Our friend from Vietnam our friend from Korea, uh, from Philippines, we became this really good group just because we were all kind of discriminated all around. So then we became this glue from ESL and I make sure I teach Dina Spanish. So when people will be giving her a hard time, like she will tell them to go and chingar tu madre, you know? Things like that, because I was like, oh, no, this is my sister, Gina. And again, it was excitement to meet new people. And and I felt very lucky because my mother was here. My brothers were here. And I had uncles that they'd been living here for a long time. So I remember the stories of my mom is in Mexico. My mom is dying. How can, how can, I mean, again, it's just so devastated because I felt I was fabulous. I don't have papers, no good, because I have all my family, all of my brothers and sisters came with me. But there is so much pain, so much pain in, in, in separation. It creates anxiety. It makes so much uneasiness. If you feel like you cannot even create something because everything is temporary. And even I feel that now. 
You know, it's like I'm 45 and I still have that. What if, what if not? Is this going to happen? And right now, like we're speaking, my work permit expired. I haven't worked in since January after living in 30 years. We all have struggles, you know, it's just it gets kind of old to say that, that, yeah, we got here when I was like pretty much if someone would have told me, hey, you know what, you're going to go but then you're not going to have anything for 30 years. That will sound crazy. That will sound crazy. And it, it, it happens. And I'm just one of many. And I don't want anything free. When I look at my pay stuff, when I work, I'm like, hey, you guys are taking a lot of taxes. What the hell, you know, all the sudden start thinking like that. Hey, that's my money. It's my taxes. No. So this is one of those things like, no, we don't get free, free benefits. No, you know, we don't get cell phones. So, I mean, the stories I hear, the stories I hear that no, it's not true. We pay taxes. We never get our fair ta- uh, number back because of our um, working permit or no, or, and again, this is something that I feel that IRS knows this because IRS provides a number for immigrants to make their taxes. So big news, no, we don't take benefits of nothing. We don't, we don't ask for anything. It's just, we need a little bit help. And I feel like this is one of those things that I remember, like when we just got here and my mom was trying to, for us to get our, uh, our shots or the for go to school, immunizations records and all of that stuff. My mom with five kids making minimum wage, she will never she it was so hard for her to qualify for just some a little bit of help you know i'm not saying she needed she never needed food stamps because she worked hard it was just like let me have my driver's license so i can go to work you know so it's like it's just i know it's a privilege to have a driver's license but how much more you want to torture this group of people that they just want to work they want to work and serve you you know it's so easy they want to make your house pretty they want to they're and it's not just that you know it's a new wave of I remember this lady that I adore I was um I work at Country Harvest Buffet back then it was called Country Harvest Buffet and I remember I had a blast there. I had a blast everywhere. I was cleaning the tables, taking care of everybody, you know, but taking the plates. Are you done? Okay. And then there was this lady that I just felt something about her because she, she learned 
English very well, but that she had an accent and she was in Mexico. And I was like, wait, who are you? What's 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 your story? Like I always tell them, what's your story? And she she was uh, a teacher in Mexico that she took her master's in France of chemist. I was like, put that towel down. Give me that bucket. Get out of here. What are you doing here, girl? You you speak three languages almost. What are you doing? Well, you know, they told me United States, you can make it happen. I'm like, girl, you were a professor in Mexico and you speak French. No, 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 no. We we here, girl, get out of here, you know, but it's just like that's just the different people, different careers, different. There's so much more. And it's just not appreciated just because it has to be into that kind of controlling, kind of controlling. It's like we just need a little bit of help, support on let me have my driver's license. Let me. I remember the bank accounts were a big issue too. You couldn't open a bank account. You have to go to this grocery store, get 5% of your paycheck, and then you get your money. You know, it's, it's always this struggle to make it difficult. And I'm sure it's going to happen one day, and I'll throw a big party. <laughs> and I'm hopeful. As we reached the end of Caro's story, we began to have a personal conversation which was captured in the audio recording. We felt that this moment was an important piece to conclude this episode. It's it's interesting when you were talking about that space that you the, the space that you walk across. Like what is that space? It is a it is a like you were saying it's a it's a vortex of some kind. Yes. It's a vortex of, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to be able to support my family? You know, it's like, I feel that all of those feelings and thoughts stays in that air, stays in that space. No one owns it. It's just time and space that, and sorrow and, and souls, people have died there. Children have been left there crying. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of no one wants to be responsible of that space. No one. It's like no man's land. As soon as you cross here. Mm-hmm. But in this space of, you know, and again, every soul is walking by with so many ideas, so many I mean, people are not going to see their parents anymore. So unknown. And again, it's like, this is something that I was like, please, no one wakes up and wants to go to a place that is not wanted. No one wants to even go to a party when you're not invited. You know, but it's like, I guess this is one of those things that if, let's say, people that come here, like, 
to have a driver license. You know, they don't want anything free. They want to be able to have their driver license so they can go to work. So then they can have a nice job and then they can even send back some money so they can be okay. But it's just like this constant, how can I make it harder for them? Yeah. And they were going to keep coming because it's a human thing. It's an animal instinct. We want to change. We want to travel. We want to keep walking. And we will. It's just with love, just love. And that's really what happens. Because once you're here, you find your community again. You find, you know, like I said, where I'm coming from, I'm, I'm from a, a, a Totonilco. It's, it's, it's so rich in community. I grew up living a couple houses from all of my aunts. The neighbor knows us. Everybody knows us. And then you come to a space that it kind of, everybody's kind of like against each other because I don't know if you're going to help me. Again, there's a lot of trauma in the community. There's a lot of emotional trauma that they cannot even talk about it. I cannot talk to you about my emotional trauma because I need to figure it out how I'm going to take my three kids to school and I don't know the language and, and I know I brought them, but just a little bit of help. And again, we all want to come here to do better for ourselves, but to really help too, because we do help a lot. And I've seen it, you know, it's like, I have worked in this company for almost 20 something years. And I help, I help, I help the community. I help, I help. We're just here to help and make our, this space better. And we're good people. We just want um, what is fair. What is fair? We work hard and we just want to count, you know? We just want to count again. Or fair money, or fair taxes, or fair share. We don't want anything free. We don't. At Story Time Capsule, we want to hear everyone's story. This space is for you to tell your story in whatever way you choose, through conversation or creative writing, maybe even by sharing a recipe. If you would like to sign up to share your story on the podcast, you can visit our website at storytimecapsule.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio at Storytime Capsule Podcast.